This is the Travel and Van Life podcast from Jits into the Sunset. We're Tanya and Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk all things travel, adventure, and road trips. Through our experience and with conversations with others who, like us, have chosen an alternative lifestyle. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Jits into the Sunset podcast with Tanya and Adam. And this is episode 20. And this is episode 20. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are new around here, we live in our van full time. We are YouTubers, Instagrammers and podcasters. And this is our podcast. <laughs> well, we make content for Instagram. Oh, God, I've never called ourselves Instagrammers. Well, it's technically, technically correct. I was just trying to list off the three things we do. Oh, that's true. Podcast, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, anyway that's 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 kind of like us in a, in a nutshell what we do, um, and yeah, here we are. What what's this episode going to be about, Tanya? So we're currently in Italy, northern part of Italy, and for the last three weeks we have been exploring the Dolomites as well as Venice, actually. And we want to share with you our experience while it's fresh in our heads so that if you're thinking about visiting this beautiful part of Italy, we can give you all the tips. Yeah, and um, and our experience and how it was and what it's like from the perspective of living in a van. So... Yeah, no guests, um, but rest assured we have got some exciting guests lined up for the next few weeks. Well, we're in the process of lining them up, but we're in we're in communication with some very exciting guests who are very keen to be on the podcast. So we're very excited about that. So hopefully the next few weeks of uh, episodes will be some some wonderful guests. That's kind of like the behind the scenes of running a podcast when we're we're still new to this, right? Like yeah. we've been doing this for three months and. We absolutely love doing podcasting, but if you've listened to our very first episode, you know that it's been something that we wanted to do for a while and we put off for ages. And so we decided to rip off the band-aid, go for it. So we're kind of just learning as we go. We're producing as we go. We're lining guests up as we go. And so sometimes, like today, we're leaving things to the last minute because it is already Sunday. It's Sunday. It's 12 o'clock on Sunday. And I'm hoping to have this live by 2 o'clock clock we'll see <laughs> so this is us in a nutshell which is you know just trying to travel live work do all the things while we're on the road so yeah if you if you listen to i think it was episode seven of of working on the road um yeah we talked a bit more about that but anyway bear with us but we will be back to more guests shortly so with that, let's just jump into the Dolomites. Tanya actually has some Dolomite facts, not as impressive as the Iceland facts, to be honest, but it's not as it's not as easy to Google those ones, is it? The Dolomites facts. Whereas I was I was lucky with the Iceland facts. I had loads of loads of good facts, but <laughs> but I can I can I just interject here yeah. and say that I took your research advice and I've just picked the top line Google. I say facts with inverted commas. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with that research method, but it's not been as fruitful as the research method when applied to Iceland. That's I think that's true. fair to say. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, let's get into some facts. Tanya's just loading her facts. <laughs> okay, 
Wait, hold on a second. Before we get into the facts, I just want to say that if you're thinking, what are the Dolomite Mountains? Well, fret not because you're not alone. I did a poll on Instagram where I asked you if you had heard of the Dolomite Mountains before and 60% of you said you hadn't and 40% of you had. And I think there was about a thousand people that voted. So so it's a good sample size. Had you heard of it? Had you heard of it before? Well, I... I don't think before you told me about it, but that was years ago because it's been on your bucket list for so long. Yeah, I just don't know how I know about it, but I do. So. Well, they are said to be the most beautiful, dazzling mountain ranges in the world. That's fact one, by that, the way. That's fact. I think that was fact six or seven on the sheet. Fact one that, on our podcast. Exactly. And they are also so beautiful and stunning that they are a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And, you know, we love anything to do with UNESCO because it kind of feels like it's a fast track to great location. Well, yeah, if it's on a UNESCO like heritage site, if it's on that list, then you can pretty much guarantee that it is going to be beautiful or unique in some way because they're very good at curating their list. I think there are like over a thousand. I don't know how many there are actually UNESCO World Heritage Sites. There are across the world, but there are lots and they're all incredible. Yeah, they really are. Did you know that the Dolomite Mountains are um, nicknamed the Pale Mountains? I mean, this is not a riveting fact here. They didn't know the Pale Mountains, are they? <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what to do with that information, but no, I did not know. <laughs> because of their composition, they're, um, uh, I mean... Tanya hasn't, Tanya hasn't briefed me in with these facts, by the way. I'm not sure how many of them would have uh, got through the uh, <laughs> the process of elimination if I'd been involved. <laughs> but here we go. Okay, okay, okay. Come here. Uh, okay, ne- never mind that they're called the Pale Mountains. I do want to say that one of the facts... That- oh, yeah, here we go. They were once underwater. They were once underwater. Yeah. That is really interesting, but... I also think that you could say that about everything on planet Earth, couldn't you? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes, you probably I think, could. I don't know my um, geological history that well, but I feel like at some point everything was underwater and then, you know, slowly but surely we had land erupting from volcanoes. That's true. Well, that's exactly how they were formed. And they found out because there's fossils embedded into these beautiful, jaggedy mountains that is really cool. Uh, so so that's how we know. But, you know, so when we were hiking those, they were once underwater in prehistoric times. That's amazing. Yeah. So they were underwater and then they formed into mountains, right? They weren't yeah. underwater as fully formed mountains. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. one's trying to say that. No, 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 one's, okay, okay. no, no one's trying to say that. <laughs> okay. It was the lost city of the Dolomites. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't that. The lost mountain range. Um. I'm kind of embarrassed about my facts finding. No, it's not your fault. It's yes, this is what top line Google has to offer, <laughs> then this is what top line Google has to offer. Well, other facts apparently. Powdered dolomite could have incredible health benefits. What's powdered dolomite? As in I think if you were to grab a bit of the mountain. Yeah, literally just a bit of yeah, rock. Yeah, because it has calcium, magnesium, which can apparently help with your heartburn and also strengthen your bones. What did you do? eat it? Snort it? What do you do with these mountains? <laughs> Powdered don't... mountain. There you go. Okay. I think we've gone off piste a bit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think the point with these facts, if you can call them that, so we're trying to paint uh, another picture of 
why they're beautiful, why they're noteworthy. If you if it wasn't because they were underwater back in prehistoric times, or that if you snorted a bit of the 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 mountain, you would get some health benefit off it. It's just the fact that they're absolutely stunning to look at and to be about. And and in all seriousness, when we were hiking them, I and I'm much like a lot of the time when we're doing mountains, but in particular these ones, I remember turning around to you and saying like, it's just so humbling mm. to be in the presence of such a majestic landscape because you do feel so small. You remember how insignificant your problems actually are. And yeah, there's just there's just a feeling that you get when when you're in the presence of them. I think it's also because they're so there's they're so different to the mountains that we're so used to seeing there with the they jagged. Are, they are in a lot of ways, yeah. So, so to give you an idea of their geography, they're obviously as we've mentioned, they're in northern Italy, so they're right next to kind of Switzerland, Austria. So it's got lots of similar Austrian and Switzerland kind of aesthetic to it but then there are certain parts of the mountain range where it's a lot more rugged and and epic and wild we'll talk about one part in particular that we went to later on in the podcast that that was one of the highlights of the trip for us for sure and yeah super rugged and like tanya says different to the kind of mountain range that you're that you were kind of used to seeing in, in some senses um but yeah th- another part about it being so close to switzerland and austria is all the little villages in and around the town mm-hmm. they look very kind of austrian switzerland kind of that kind of architecture and like the beautiful hillside mm-hmm. so yeah it's very it's very idyllic yeah it all feels like it's just a painting doesn't it yeah it's a painting it looks like a painting so, right, let's talk about the kind of the two main hikes that we did. Um, actually, we also just released a video on this a second ago. Yeah, literally it went live 16 minutes ago. Yeah, well, it'll be a few hours by the time you're listening to that. <laughs> 16 Dip- minutes ago as we're recording. As we're recording, yes. Yeah. So definitely go and check us out on YouTube, Jits into the Sunset, and our video on the Dolomites. You'll be able to see what we're describing but this is the place where we'll talk a bit more about like the behind the scenes and the logistics and all of that stuff. So let's talk about the two main hikes that we did because um, they're kind of like a must, right? Yeah, well, there were a few that we did during our time in the Dolomites, but the ones from the first film, which is the one that's out live now, were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. One of them was, well, the famous Free Peaks. That's like the famous go-to hike. Um we did that one, but right next to that one, and this is the one that we preferred because, well, I think, as we said in the film, I think we kind of preferred it because we made the effort to get up at sunrise for it and therefore had it to ourselves. And, you know, there's something quite special about being out in the mountains at sunrise, the sense that, you know, you basically have these mountains to yourself. So that made this hike particularly special for us. And it's called the Flying Banana Viewpoint. Yeah, and just a shout out to Beth and Jake from Our World Horizons. We actually had Beth on as a guest a couple of weeks ago and it was because of them that they recommended to us to do this hike and in particular the flying banana viewpoint. Yeah, we saw it on their film and it looked amazing so we had to go and do it and yeah, we would say to anybody listening, if you're looking for a hike that's pretty easily accessible, I mean, we went the wrong way. (laughs) 
and made it less accessible. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. But anybody who's looking for a hike that is absolutely beautiful and that isn't too much of a stretch in terms of like, you don't have to be particularly fit. There's not much uphill at all. It was very easy access. Mm-hmm. And right next to a mega famous tourist hotspot so therefore yes there are people there but a lot less people because everybody going up that mountain is going to see the free peaks almost everybody um and one thing that's definitely worth mentioning about this if you're listening to this and you're into van life you have a camp van or you want to explore the dolomites in a van then this was one of the best park ups we had so how it works is you drive up most of the way just to the foot of the free peaks and there is a ginormous car park there and there's like it's like a free tier kind of car park as you go up the mountain. There are three different parts, but the first one you get to seems to be designated for camper vans. And we were there amongst like you know dozens and dozens of other camper vans. And yeah, hundred percent worth it. There is a toll to get up the road. So the last bit of the road, the last I'd say two kilometers, three kilometers, there's a little toll, and you have to pay forty euros if you're in a big motorhome. Um, but Was jits, it 40 or 45? 40 or 45, maybe yeah, 45. Yeah, 45 euro. Yeah. Okay, so 45 euros if you're in a larger motorhome. But we as JITs, because I think we're classed as like just a van, because we're a much smaller van than your typical large motorhomes, it, uh, we got charged the same as a car, which is 30 euros. Yeah. And if you go up after 7 a.m., it's... P.m. F- oh, sorry. If you go up after 7 p.m., it's free until midnight. So therefore, you only get charged on your way down for the one night. Otherwise, it works out at, you know, if you were to go up at 6.30, for example, and then come down the next day, you'd have to pay twice. Yes, you'd have to pay for that day and then the following day, if that makes sense. So top tip, get there. Don't don't actually cross the toll until the guys at the kiosk have left and um, and then go up after seven. And also just to say, the guy at the kiosk, mm. we actually arrived at 5.30 and he took his time to explain to us and really make sure because he didn't like he, he wanted to make sure that we knew that the best thing for us to do was wait and not pay really sound of them and uh, he just said save your money come back in an hour and a half and I'll be gone and then you can go for free so we're not um, we're, we're, we're not scamming anyone you know no, it's literally it's, that's just the rule it's that's just, just the rule. so it's nice to save a bit of money especially when you're on a budget and 100 metres before the toll barrier there is a little mini park up and a restaurant and things like that so everyone was kind of hanging around and then literally as soon as 7pm came about everyone's engines were starting and there was a little queue to get up and to go through so yeah make sure you're there and be ready yeah because like in general paying 30 quid 45 quid whatever to get access to a place to hike is not something that we've ever done or we would have ever considered doing before. Um, This is why going by other people's recommendation is really handy because we knew having seen um, Beth and Jake's films that it was just really gorgeous place and that it was going to be worth it. And essentially, you know, with your camper van, you've that that's your accommodation anyway so that's that's your cost per night 30 quid a night it's not that bad and yes the view was absolutely gorgeous from from jits and yeah we were we were feeling elated and absolutely loved that hike and as adam mentioned that flying banana viewpoint it only takes you it, it takes you basically 50 minutes from the van 
to get there to the not people. Not even, not I'd even. say. I'd say maybe like 40, 30 minutes. Yeah, um, maybe I'm just slower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was trigger, trigger slowing us down. Um, and again, if you if you do watch our video, then not only will you be able to see that, but we also left in the video description a link to the maps.me coordinates on how to get to the flying banana. Because you can go the wrong way. Because you can go the wrong way. So this is what happened, I think. I actually said this to you. The reason that we went the wrong way is because I was actually flying the drone. I was getting shots and I flew the drone down this little gorge oh. and I was like, oh, look how beautiful that path looks. So I was like, right, let's go get a shot. I was walking along this path. And then, yeah, I know. And then we we just took a different turning. And then obviously we put the drone away, carried on, like put Triggy in the bag because the path was getting very, very thin. And we did a bit... Um, there's a bit in the film where I'm like edging my way along this cliff. Because Adam has a, a fear of heights. Yeah, I do. But I also think now looking back on it, most people would find that pretty nerve wracking, even if you didn't have a fear of heights, because the path that we walked along was the like, it must have been a foot wide, no more than a foot wide. And it's gravel and slightly sloped. So therefore it's potentially slippy. And just off the side of that path, there was a good like 30 meter minimum drop, maybe more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, part of it was a drop. There was a drop and then a second drop. But basically, it was a big drop. And it's that kind of smash your head into pieces drop anyway. It's potential. Yeah, it's probably more than just hurt yourself drop potentially <laughs> well if i had fallen off i think I, I would have definitely felt like that would be me gone i wouldn't have thought oh i'd hurt myself badly no it's bad and and you can you can kind of make out in the film how big the drop is um we'll let you guys be the judge of that but it was definitely yeah it was very nerve-wracking experience for me in particular because i'm scared of heights but we got we got round we got round the first bend and then i looked on the maps.me link and saw oh look that we've gone a different way there was exactly. a, there was another way that was not along the edge and it was right through the middle um and don't that's make when i realized mistake. so yeah don't don't do that if you're going to do it um because that wasn't the end of it it actually got worse we ended up getting further along the path and then there was a part of the path that was even thinner even steeper and looked more slippy and i was like hey well I made the executive decision that that was too dangerous. So instead, we kind of climbed up the cliff back <laughs> into safety. Which um, can I just interject here and add that at the time, because you were quite nervous, like, well, yeah, you were nervous. I knew you were. And I'm, you know, you fainted on me once before in a completely separate situation. Nothing to do with heights. I was dehydrated and sick. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I fainted. Nothing I know, to do with heights. <laughs> but but it, the, funny, the funny thing is, it's not funny at all, is that... Whenever you're not sure about something like the height, I'm thinking, oh my God, if he faints now, <laughs> like why that would be the worst. So I was genuinely worried for you. But when you then said, no, we can't keep going, we're going to have to climb up. Really interesting. I just, obviously, I, I followed you back up to the top and I climbed up, but I wasn't as scared walking but when it came to actually climbing the mountain i'm just like this is it one false move and i would have gone because i don't trust myself climbing the way i trust myself walking yeah i see what you mean but i still think if you were to look at it objectively regardless of who's scared of what objectively the climbing up was safer which is why i suggested it because even if you were to slip and fall 
you were already the way we were climbing you'd have just landed on your belly and you'd have been absolutely fine you'd have maybe slid a bit but then you just grabbed onto something whereas if you slip off the path you've your slip will have generated momentum and the edge was a sheer drop it wasn't a sloped drop it was a sheer drop so it definitely would have been safer to slip from the climbing bit than it would have been from the from the walking bit um and yeah the the, the bit about this this last bit of path was it was at a, it was very sloped as in not not the way you're walking but from its side so the mm-hmm. so the part of the path that was towards the edge was lower than the part of the path that was towards the cliff yeah and it was really thin like half a foot maybe a bit more than half a foot wide and gravelly and i saw that there was a fence cordoning it off that suggested that you weren't supposed to be there and for some reason the side that we walked onto the path wasn't cordoned off only the side where we were coming to exit that part of the path was cordoned off so it's very interesting but anyway this is all this is all in the film so we'll sorry for anyone who's watched the film and is already well i suppose we give them a bit more context we? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah it was, it was really it was actually really nerve-wracking and like we were fine at the time i was definitely nervous but looking back on it now and watching the film i'm a bit like cool god that could have that could have gone wrong i know what now in hindsight and i think maybe this happens all the time is that when you're actually going through something you just you have to just crack on and you just have to get going and you push through but in hindsight now also looking back on the footage i realized that that was a lot more dangerous um, at the time fear not that has not put us off in fact after this dolomites adventure we're both raring to go and 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 do even more big hikes and and treks and actually if you've listened to our previous episode with Will from Will's whereabouts we talked to him about his time in Nepal about the treks that he's done and wants to do and we very much left it as you know let's let's organize something together and so just to let you guys know we're brewing up something with Will. Yeah, we're trying. We're definitely in conversation with him and we really do want to make something happen. So we're not going to say what it is until we've actually booked it because otherwise it might not happen and then we've you know set up an expectation that we can't fulfil. But... No, but we have to hold ourselves accountable. We're okay, should we to... just say what it is? Yeah, sure. Fine. Okay, we want to go and do a trail I cannot pronounce or remember the name of in Nepal with Will. Yeah. And it's a 10 to 14 day trek and it's something that Will's wanted to do for a while and we obviously it's the kind of adventures we want to start doing so we figured great let's do it together and again if you've listened to the episode with Will you'll know that one of the things that's not putting him off travel but making him much less excited about travel is traveling alone Mm -hmm. so we were like well this is the perfect opportunity let's all go together and do it so we're very excited to be traveling with will and we're very excited to be doing that hike it looks amazing i think it's going to happen so i feel confident saying it but but it's not booked yet it's not booked but we're hoping to book our flights next month and um for us to take this on in january so that will be that that will be what will be up to then. So anyway, you guys know our podcast family. So um, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, that's happening. It's very exciting. Um, and uh, one of the other than this, because this hike that we just mentioned, the flying banana viewpoint hike, that was a smaller hike. But the hike that really kicked this 
into touch for oh, us. Yeah. The fact that we really wanted to go and do bigger, more challenging hikes was a hike that's actually going to be coming up in our next film. So it's not the one that's currently out. And that was a hike to a really remote, really stunning cabin in the top, at the top of this mountain, really secluded. Um, and it's kind of like a boffy. If you've seen our Scotland film or if you know what a boffy is anyway, then they're kind of free accommodation that you get to hike to there in the mountains and you know it's a kind of like leave it better than you found it or leave it as you found it kind of unwritten rule situation and there are volunteers that maintain them and check that they're you know safe and well insulated and there's blankets and all of this kind of stuff and this cabin was so beautiful and it was one of the best most beautiful and most challenging hikes that we both have done yeah absolutely and with this amazing payoff of this cabin because Tanya, you found it really difficult and you were carrying Triggy almost half the way. Yeah, so imagine it was a 10-kilometer hike, which is fine. That's, as that, a distance, that's fine. As a distance, that's fine. Um, and and by, by no means are we like mega fit, but we're not unfit. Mm. And so we're like, okay, 10 kilometers, yeah. But the elevation gain is 1,400 meters. So that is how high up we had to climb. And again, I'm not sure how much that is as a distance, but I think it's quite a lot. I don't know what, what would be considered a, ch a challenging hike. Like for us, that was really challenging. I'm not sure where that lands on the spectrum, but it was what we were climbing were very, very steep and we both had heavy bags. Yeah, Adam was carrying all the kit. So like the camera, the drone. Sleeping bags. The, well, no, just your sleeping bag. Oh, out. did you have yours? Did you? Yeah, I had my, do you remember I had my sleeping oh, bag? Oh, yeah, strap up. And um, Triggy, he also has his backpack. He's an old man. He's 12, somewhere between 12 and 14 years old. By his backpack, Tanya means the backpack he goes in, not the backpack <laughs> he was carrying. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be I clarified. really wish that Triggy would yeah. carry his own backpack with his doggy bags. Carrying and... our snacks. Bring the pasta tricks. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, no, thank you for clarifying that. Yes, absolutely. He is an old man and he still has energy in him. And he, you know, he did, I want to say he did 40% of that hike himself. And then the rest of the time. The hardest bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the time, the hardest bit. He was in the backpack um, with me and attached to the backpack, I like just tied on the sleeping bag and I was also carrying snacks and I was and I was carrying and then a tote bag with pasta. And so, you know, we're, we're not experienced hikers, you can tell because we, we kind of makeshift, you know, brought the things with us and attached them. We don't have all that camping stuff um, in jets. But um, yeah, it was it was tough and we had to take a lot of breaks. And I think typically, if you look online, it says that it is a challenging hike and that it takes people on average five to six hours. Mm -hmm. So it took us the day. I think we took, left. We took the whole day, yeah, because yeah. we stopped and had rests and obviously we were filming as well, which adds time to it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the the payoff was absolutely worth it. Like one of the, the most beautiful like 
probably the most beautiful mountain accommodation I've ever seen. And, you know, the fact that it's free is amazing. So we're really excited to edit together and put that film out. We think it's going to be really lovely. Yeah, if you watch the film that's out now today, at the very end, you'll get a little sneak peek of that. And of course, if you are a patron of ours or want to join us on Patreon, um, a couple of weeks ago, we posted a video with a tour of the cabin and a, a bit more about that hike because um yeah as always we post exclusive content on patreon um and yeah that's that's just another way you can support us as well if i can plug that in here <laughs> so the next thing on our notes here was our favorite part of the dolomites but i think we pretty much just covered it because for both of us or at least definitely for me i think mm-hmm. for you it was that hike to the red cabin yeah, that was really, really epic. But I also do want to highlight that the the flying banana viewpoint is a, a must yeah. for people because, again, we've talked about it. It's accessibility and it's really, really just gorgeous. And straight away you go, wow, we're in the Dolomites. Yeah, it really gives you the feeling of being up in the mountains. Also, because the flying banana point, the parking is the same place for seeing the Free Peaks, which mm-hmm. is the famous... Uh, one of the famous landmarks of the Dolomites, we would recommend that as well because we did that in the afternoon after the sunrise hike to the banana, the flying banana. I have no idea why it's called the flying banana viewpoint, by the <laughs> and way. And it's also like a bit of a mouthful. Yeah, the flying banana viewpoint. Anyway, the afternoon after we did the flying banana viewpoint, we did a small walk up to the three points, the three peaks. And that's, again, very easily accessible. Um, it's got lots of different trails as well so you could go off and I'm sure there are much longer more challenging routes than the one that we did because there were paths here there and everywhere and maps as you go and it just yeah it looked like an absolute like playground for hiking so yeah if we were there for longer we'd have definitely spent a whole day walking those paths yeah We just want to quickly interrupt to say that if you're enjoying this podcast or find it valuable, then you can help support it by joining our Patreon community, which is linked in the show notes. As well as supporting this podcast, you'll be given access to exclusive content such as behind the scenes, our latest updates and deleted scenes. We don't get paid to do this podcast, but the support from our patrons makes it possible for us to continue. And we appreciate our patrons so, so much. A couple of questions that I think a lot of you will be asking, particularly um, if you're thinking about coming in a van. So I'm gonna just going to put them to you, Adam. Great. Okay. Um, how have the facilities and the park-ups been? For van life. In so, Dolomites, yeah. So because, partly because we came in October, I feel like the wild camping situation was okay. Not loads of places for sure, but definitely some really nice ones and some really good ones. And we we felt very lucky. We didn't have a problem at all finding a spot. Um, lots of the mini laybys that you'd think would be perfect have signs saying 30 minute maximum stay. Yeah, weird. <laughs> so there are lots of those that are obviously trying to discourage people from parking up long term, including campers. Um, but in general, yeah, there were some f- free facilities around. So lots of places to empty your grey waste, black waste and fill up with water. Yeah. Um, free water a lot of the time. Yeah, free water, yeah. Free. But as in like just free mountain, oh, free, free free running water. 
Yeah, free-flowing water. Yes. Free-flowing water from these taps that were great. Like we picked them up outside a church um, at one point. Um, and, you know, just on the hikes in general, quite often there will be somewhere to get water, fill up your water bottle. So, yeah, the, there was there was that. Um, and the campsites, I think campsites in the Dolomites are pretty expensive. Oh, we didn't yeah. stay at any. The, the only time we paid for parking or camping was, like we said, at the top of the hill below the free peaks where it was the toll road to get up. But I think in general, you're looking at paying about 40 euro for a night for two adults, yeah. which is a lot of money. And fine if you are just on a short holiday, because obviously if it's just a short holiday, you kind of bake that in. But if if you're doing this more of as a lifestyle, then it becomes really expensive. Um, just a good one to know about Italy in general, bins. Yeah, bins is quite difficult. I think the residents for Italy, you have to pay taxes to get rid of your rubbish. Mm-hmm. So therefore, quite a lot of the bins, like you'd see these big bins around that have padlocks on them or the bins that are there have really small kind of like, uh, opening opening to be able to put your rubbish in kind of like how we had it in Ireland very you, much the same yeah, if you listen to our Ireland episode when we went through um, the things you need to know when you're travelling to Ireland same thing um, you need to pack up your rubbish nice and small however I would say that there is a lot of recycling bins in like around at least yeah. here in the northern part of Italy so just make sure that you've got your recycling um, separated and then take the opportunity to to get rid of it that way then I guess the other thing that people will be asking just quickly we'll talk about airs because there are some there are some places to camp in the Dolomites that aren't campsites but also that aren't free wild camping sites they're like van life airs Mm -hmm. um, camper van airs and they were averaging at something like they were between 50 and 20 euros a night which is not bad and they have all the facilities and it's effectively just a car park um, so we saw a few of those and we stayed at one of those. Actually, yeah, we stayed at one of those, didn't we, for a night? Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely ideal, did the job. And again, October, it's hard to tell because it's a shoulder season, but I think pretty quiet. It was definitely quiet and we were really lucky, but I should imagine that, you know, a couple of months ago in the height of summer, uh, it'd be very, very busy. Yeah, and I think then the last question is just with regard to just a follow-up on what you said about being shoulder season, the weather. So mm. we're now, we're now, we've left the Dolomites. We've been to Venice, for example, where it felt like summer in October. But since we're talking about the Dolomites, you're up in the mountains. You're at 2,000 plus meters above sea level. So it is considerably colder. And so it's really worth bearing that in mind um, to make sure that you are bringing your layers and you're packing appropriately. We had some beautiful days, but they were still, whew, they were crispy. Yeah, exactly. It was very cold up the mountains. Like to give you an idea, it was. I don't think we ever got into the minuses, but I think it was like one or two degrees. There was definitely snow around when we were up. Uh, yeah, at some at point you could top, kind of like... see it just at the top of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we definitely did have to use our heater a few times. Um, and then when we drove down towards Venice, we drove down like 1,500, 1,600 meters. And suddenly, and I, this might have been partly the weather, but it was definitely a lot to do with the altitude. Suddenly it was like 22, 23 degrees and like really, really warm. So just because it's a warm kind of temperature uh, 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 near sea level or a warm time of year, I still think you should be prepared for a little bit of chill in the mountains. Yeah. But again, I, I, I'm sure they're probably fine in summer, but in October, definitely. 
Yeah. And you also mentioned there of just going up and down these uh, oh, God. Yeah, these mountains. How has Jits been behaving herself and is there anything that other people need to bear in mind when they're going up these these higgledy piggledy hairpinny mountains? So yeah, if you've watched our previous YouTube video about Jits breaking down or listened to our diary entry update podcast episode then you will know that we have been or anything we've ever done actually because we're always talking about this but uh, you will know that Jits has been having some mechanical issues uh, recently in particular she's been having quite a few but touch wood ever since we've been in the Dolomites we got our battery replaced she's been behaving well she's still making some funny noises but she's been climbing the mountains absolutely fine slowly slowly but surely and I don't know whether there's any particular advice, I guess just... Because some people do message us on Instagram and they ask us about the roads and they some people maybe are a little bit more nervous when it comes to doing the mountain roads. It's just, I guess, just take it easy, right? Take it easy, absolutely. Just take it slow. And sometimes on the way down, our brakes, because obviously we mm. use the brakes quite a lot. Obviously we're doing it in low gear, but that like then the engine starts getting really loud, everything starts getting hot. You still need to use the brakes so the brakes could overheat if you're not careful so there were a couple of times when we were doing a big day of driving down where i would just pull over for like you know half an hour 20 minutes let the brakes kind of cool off and then carry on so there's that but again that's only really something you need to worry about with an old vehicle um and what else would i say i would just say take it easy take it easy don't worry if people are behind you yeah. try and try and pull in like if you if there's a, a safe place to pull in and let cars go by then i always try and do that but you can't let them pressure you into going quicker than you feel is safe but that goes with any road but particularly yeah. these really kind of sketchy hairpin roads yeah you're very good at that to not like sometimes there you know there we might have a snail trail and wherever possible we'll let the people go and we'll, we'll pull in so that they can go up ahead of us but you are very good at making sure that um um that they don't peer pressure jits into going faster because yeah. she can't she can't but i am also aware of being a nuisance on the road and i don't want people to get frustrated behind us so like i don't go quicker than i feel like i should but i like i say i try and pull in and let people go especially because quite a lot of the time it's locals just trying to get around and then there's just camper vans in the way so yeah it's just about being respectful um but yeah, other than that, safety. Safety is just the most important thing. And that's another reason to let people go because people can get frustrated and then do stupid things trying to overtake you and that can be dangerous in its, in its own way. We just want to interrupt this conversation with this week's review of the week, which was left by Ali Lewis on Apple Podcasts. And she titled this, A Celebration of Alternative Lifestyles. She wrote... If you love all things travel and adventure, this podcast is for you. When Tanya and Adam first announced their plans for a podcast, I was thrilled by the idea of getting to hear even more behind the scenes details about their adventures. Though admittedly, I had a hard time picturing myself being as invested in the stories of other travellers. I'm glad to say I was completely wrong, however, and have absolutely loved listening to so many wonderful conversation with all of their guests. You'll hear from travellers who are young and in love, families doing van life and a couple taking a whole new second act in life, just to name a few, who all go to show that adventure is for everyone. Time and time again, this podcast has beautifully illustrated that there is no one right path in life and that there are so many incredible directions we can all explore. 
If you haven't had the joy of seeing Jits into the Sunset's beautiful cinematography on YouTube, please check them out. They are incredible storytellers and this podcast is a wonderful extension of those talents. What an incredible review. Thank you so, so much, Ali. That was incredibly kind and it really means the world to us to receive these thoughtful messages in the form of the reviews on Apple Podcasts because not only does it keep us motivated and encouraged to keep going with the podcast, but it also helps other people discover us and also know whether it's worth giving a podcast a a shot. So thank you. Get in touch with us on Instagram, Ali, so that we can send you a JIT sticker. And yeah, thanks again and on with the conversation. So that's it. That is a recap of our time in the Dolomites with some tips and tricks. There's no tricks. (laughs) Maybe with some tips and some irrelevant facts for you we hope that you've enjoyed it we have just wrapped up our time in venice which was absolutely brilliant yeah so to clarify what we've done since being in italy we spent two and a half weeks in the dolomites hiking around then we did four or five days i think it was five days in the end in venice um and so we've got two dolomites films coming out one of them has come out today and then we'll have a Venice film coming out. And now we are in Tuscany and we're we really excited. We've just arrived. We've just arrived. And we're really excited. And we've got lots of exciting things planned. Like tomorrow we're going to go to an olive grove and help pick the olives and harvest the olives, which is going to be so cool to do. And yeah. something that we've seen happening before, like last, like in 2020, when we were in Italy, we saw it happening. And we're like, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to get to take part in it. So, yeah, very exciting. We're really excited about our trip in Italy in general. We're We're effectively just heading south from here as far south as we can before we got to turn around and come back. Yeah, we're really excited and make sure that you are following us on Instagram so you get the updates there. But also our newsletter. Oh, of course, I yes. Feel, I feel like I haven't talked about this enough because it's actually quite new. But if you're interested in more real-time updates and um, yeah, just just more of the behind the scenes of real time of what's happening, then please do join our newsletter. If you go into the show notes, it'll be linked there, but it's also just quite easy. It's jitsintothesunset.com forward slash newsletter. And then you can fill in your details there and we'll add you onto the list. And on a Sunday, like today, I sit down, which I'll do later, and uh, just write a little diary update of what we've been up to, recap of podcasts or different things. And yeah. I'm excited where that, that where the newsletters project is going. Yeah, it's a fun one. It's really nice. Um, do we have what's what? Are we going to do a poll? Are we going to do a um a poll? A, no, not a poll. We, well, yeah, we'll do a poll actually. Yeah, if you're listening on on Spotify, well, there's this feature you might have seen that we are able to put a poll and ask you a question. I don't know. I don't know what that question is, but check it out. We will ask you a question. Oh, I know what it will be. What is it? Have you been? slash heard of the Dolomites. Something along those lines. Is it? Do you want to go to the Dolomites? <laughs> I don't know what. We'll think of something more interesting than that and we'll ask you that in the Spotify <laughs> something question, poll, question poll area, which you can find on the page of this podcast episode. And anyway, we will save this for a meeting off mic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about this. Okay. I was actually going to ask about emoji, code emoji. That's what I yeah, meant to ask. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we should. And I think that um, it obviously it's to do with hiking, to do with mountains. 
Should it be the mountain emoji? Have we not used the mountain emoji? No. Really? Wow, that's such a great one. Yeah. Let's She's just, the mountain one. Yeah, because we're talking all about hiking. And the Dolomites. And also the fact that this has been the catalyst for us to really go, yes, let's do it. Let's let's do treks, like challenging treks in the future. Let's go to Nepal. You're actually the first people we're telling, guys. Yeah, there you so, go. So the podcast crew. Happy days. So yeah, if you've got any questions about the Dolomites, van life in Italy, anything like that, or any other comments to make about this episode, and you've listened all the way through, code word, code emoji, mountain, over on Instagram DMs, yeah. direct messages. Yes. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, we hope to see you over in the comments on our latest YouTube film, because obviously that is kind of the visual representation of what we've been speaking about here. Mm -hmm. That's it. See you next week. Bye. Bye.